Welcome back to the Happy Singer Podcast. I'm really happy that you're here. That's a generic way to say that just thank you. (laughs) Anyway, how are you doing? Remember that episode that we did on chest voice? Well, we're going to do an episode now on head voice or what some people call falsetto. Whatever you want to call it, we're going to talk about it. It's a vocal register. It's important that you understand the difference between that and chest voice. And of course, we're going to talk about it in ways that you'll be able to understand. And even if you do understand it very clearly, perhaps this might enlighten you or help you a little bit further. So fingers crossed on that. But first, how are you doing? Have you introduced yourself yet on our Facebook group, the Happy Singer Discussion Group, or just the page, um, how it works on that Facebook group? You have to first like the page, and then from there, I can invite you into the group. It's private. Um, But let us know how you're doing, what you're working on, if the podcast can help you in a better way. I'd love to know your feedback. Um, You can also put it in the reviews. If you like something and you want us to continue doing that, then I would love to hear that from you or something that you don't find helpful. um, I want to improve the podcast. So, for example, the other day someone said to me, hey, I really love the Fleetwood Mac appreciation. You should do more bands, which I do plan on doing. But if that's like a big thing and you guys enjoy it, then I will definitely plan on doing way more of that. So, yeah, don't be shy. Let me know your thoughts. Now, really quick, before we get into head voice and falsetto, I just want to make it clear. If you hear me use the word register, I want you to understand what that means. So head voice and falsetto, that's a register, and chest voice is a register, and so forth. So there's a lot of different um, definitions for it, but I just want to give you a couple of things. So this is from Your Voice and Inside View. It's Scott McCoy. So he talks about it being in three key elements. So, and this is on page 143, if you have the second edition of your voice and inside view. Um, So, one, a register is composed of congenious pitches. Two, pitches within any given register produced in the same physiological manner. Three, pitches within any given register share the same basic timbre. So, basically what they're saying is, it's going to sound very similar, not just on one note, let's say from C4 to C5 for women, Ah, uh, that probably wasn't C, but whatever. Um, that sound, it's pretty chesty. It seems consistent with its sound. It's not going, uh, that would be breaking the, the blend. It would be making it into something a little shiftier. But I just wanted to make that clear what a register is. Does that make sense? Um, There are a lot of uh, vocal pedagogues that say that there's only one register that comes like from the classical world because, you know, the whole idea in classical is that you're blending, everything is consistent bottom to top, you know, so that does make sense. I'm not in that school of thought, but I get it. And there's a lot of successful teachers that they'll talk about only two vocal registers, head voice and chest voice. I disagree with that as well. (laughs) Now, of course, they probably have their student mixing, but they'll just say, just blend into it, blend into it. Um, But there is mixed registers. There's a head-dominant mix register. There's a chest-dominant mix register. And it's just important to know. Now, this is all very fancy-schmancy. Just go ahead and listen to your music and start to identify it as well. And then, yeah, you can feel... You'll start to feel, you'll start to understand what's going on at the vocal fold level. But be patient with yourself. If you're not sure, 
be kind, listen to the music, understand what you're singing about, and everything's going to be just fine. (laughs) So yeah, head voice. Let's talk about it. If you don't know what it is at all, just go ahead and think of Mrs. Doubtfire. This is my favorite way to discuss it. You know how when she puts her face in the cake, she says, I need a face. I need a face. (laughs) And then she puts her face in the cake. She goes, hello. (laughs) She turns around and she says, it's so great. And it's the easiest way for me to say that's what head voice is. Woo. Hello. Now, for females, we call it head voice. For males, we call it falsetto. Falsetto is coming from the word false false voice, (laughs) which is silly because obviously it's actually being produced, so it's not false. It's not like a machine making it, but that's the pedagogy of it, and we're sticking with it. So for men, if you think you don't have falsetto, check again. You probably do. In fact, let me just state, you do. You do have falsetto. You may not even like it. You may hate it, but you do have it. You do have the capacity to make that sound. So just go ahead and try that, Mrs. Doubtfire. Hello! Don't even think about, like, Justin Timberlake or Prince or what have you. They all sing in it. But that's that's a little more difficult. So the first thing is to know you can make the sound. Or a hoot owl. Hoo, hoo, hoo. Let's see, what else is another one? Well, yeah, just like an opera singer. You know how they just, like, open up big time and they get all that vibrato. Now, of course, vibrato can be on chest voice or head voice. But anyway, you get the idea. I actually made a playlist, and I want you to go and find it. It's on Spotify and iTunes, and it's just called Head Dominant Voices. And you can find that, again, both on iTunes and Spotify. If you just look me up, and my name is K-R-I-S-T-Y-B-I-S-S-E-L-L. Now, if you're wondering, okay, well, popular music, where where is it? Is it anywhere? Absolutely. Like I said, Prince does it, Justin Timberlake, Jason Mraz, Adam Levine, bunch of other people. Um, But that playlist is going to always be up, not just for this week and the episode, but you will constantly be able to go to that playlist and hear contemporary singers doing this sound. And a lot of people, it's weird. They don't think that this is a valid sound. You're not a good singer if you sing in your head voice or if you're only in your head voice it's not strong. It's not powerful. What's the point? I think that's incredibly rude and small-minded. There's a lot of music that's written that it is just not appropriate to belt your face on, you know? So you have to be able to make all the different sounds. So anyone that, you know, for example, Billie Eilish, she sings in her head voice quite often, or a head-dominant mix. And we'll talk about mixing in a whole nother episode, but the whole idea is it's just like a mixing thing. When you bake something, you mix things into a mixing bowl, and that's how we think of it with a head-dominant mix and chest-dominant mix. Obviously, there's a little more fire in that chest-dominant mix, and then there's just a little more fluff and butter and sweet in the head-dominant mix. So I'll go back to the Billie Eilish thing. I've heard many mixed reviews on this girl's voice, And any of the negative stuff, of course, it's an opinion, and I think it's great that you have an opinion. However, when you're listening to her and you listen to her lyrics, it makes sense that it's not being belted. She's an artist, you know? She's like a performance artist. If you've seen that music video of her when the party's over, like, that's so experimental and cool. And I love that concept with the lyrics. I think it's really cool, and it really accentuates the lyrics 
but I would not want that song belted. No way, no way. So she's an artist, and that's how she's choosing to use her voice at this time. Um, and she's not a bad singer, and she's not boring, <laughs> at least not in my eyes. Now, if you have that opinion, that's fine, and I'm glad that you have an opinion. I think that's wonderful as well. <laughs> the only thing I'm trying to get out is that head voice is a valid sound. It's valuable. It's so useful in so many different ways to communicate yourself as well as chest voice. But don't think that great singing has to always be belt your face off singing. Cool? Now, there is just a bit of terminology that I want to talk about real quick. Mode 1 and Mode 2. They're commonly used by many members of the voice research community, especially in Europe. But they use it, and it sounds fancy-schmancy. So in case somebody says that to you, and they're like, what is it? You'll you'll know what it means. So Mode 1 is your chest voice, okay? And that's your thyroid-arytenoid dominant mix or your usage of that muscle. Everything gets shorter and thicker at the vocal fold level. Now, mode two, now this is higher pitches usually, but it can also be middle notes. I just don't want you to think that low notes have to be chest voice. They do not. Um, But mode two, it's where everything just gets more elongated. So everything becomes relatively long and everything has to increase longitudinally in tension So the amplitude of vibration is lower. It's really fancy. All you need to know is that your cricothyroid muscle is being elongated and stretched, while at the same time, your vocal folds still have to come together, which creates this head voice, falsetto, flageolet, whistle tone maybe, you know, all that good stuff. And just to make this really clear, when I talk about the cricothyroid muscle, It's in your vocal folds, and it's very similar to a rubber band or a hair tie. Ladies, if you have a hair tie on your wrist, take it off and look at it and pull it out or pull it towards your body. That is what is going on. It's being stretched. So everything just has to get longer, and this lets your notes get higher. So as you go higher in notes, it's going to get longer and longer and longer and longer. Now, of course, it's important to remember that the vocal folds they are really, really tiny. My boss always says it's like the size of your pinky nail. And we're talking like a regular pinky nail, not like a long fingernail, like done at the nail salon or whatever. Very, very, very small. And that's where all this power is coming from. It's kind of crazy and miraculous and beautiful. So really quick, so you can feel these vibrations, go ahead and put your fingers on your Adam's apple or your thyroid cartilage. That's what it is. And it's popping out right there. And just say five, four, three, two, one. Say it in your regular talking voice, your authoritative talking voice. And then go ahead and just lengthen that sound. Hello, one, two, three, four, five. Feel that? There's a bit of a difference there in terms of your vibrations. And then also, you may have a sensation of it being in your head. That's where the head voice name came from. It doesn't really matter if it helps you great, but... It's truly coming from your vocal folds, which is in your larynx, which is right. You can find it if you're touching your Adam's apple, or if you are really confused and don't know where your Adam's apple is, put your hand on your chin and just slide your fingers down onto your throat right there, and you'll find it. Whistle tone is another thing we can talk about eventually. I do have an opinion on it, and I'm going to throw it out there. Remember, this is my opinion. 
and you can have an opinion too, and it can be different, and that's okay, and we can still be friends. Okay, are you ready? So, as a teacher, I find whistle tone to be very distracting from what is the actual most important thing, and it's are you healthy, and are you singing from an a place of honesty and integrity. Now, there are some amazing artists from the past and now that have used it, and it has been effective. Um, one of the first people was Minnie Ripperton, who, oddly enough, if you know who um, Maya Rudolph is, I hope I'm saying her name right. I think that's who it is. She's in um, so much TV and film. I actually just watched that Wine Country movie, which I didn't think was going to be good. It actually was hilarious. Um, I mean, like, really hilarious. And what's funny is that actor, Maya Rudolph, she's the daughter of Minnie Ripperton, who is a huge female singer. Um, back in the quote-unquote day, um, I apologize that my phone is going off. I didn't realize that the sound was on. Um, but... She's like, Maya Rudolph is singing in the show or the movie, and she's really bad, which I think is funny. Guaranteed, she's probably just playing it up for the movie, but still. Anyway, Minnie Ripperton, she sings this song called Loving You, and it's like, la, 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 and she goes, in her little whistle tone or whatever. And it fits so perfectly in it. It's like a little bird is taking over her. She's becoming a bird. I don't know. But it's really aesthetically pleasing and nice. I usually don't like whistle tone, though. You know? But I do like... I do like it in that song, I guess, if I'm jamming to that song. Mariah Carey uses it effectively, or did use it effectively. effectively. And then Ariana Grande has used it before, but I'm not sure if she's using it because she genuinely wants to use it, or if she's like, well, my role models did it, so I have to do it. And that's what concerns me with whistle tone. I think the people that want to do it, sometimes they'll come in and they want to do it just because that means you're a good singer. I'm sorry, but it does not. You can be an amazing singer and not be able to make those sounds. But that's my opinion. It, it does alarm me sometimes when people are like adamant on learning it because I don't want them walking out and being like, well, I'm a great singer because I can do this and this and this. Just because you can do backflips doesn't mean you have a good turnout or that you can have good technique in your ballet class. You know what I mean? So it's like it goes the same for singing. I think being able to genuinely sing a gorgeous version of Bridge Over Troubled Waters just simplistically and beautifully is is huge and listening to lyrics, things like that. You know what I mean? So if it's coming from a place of integrity um, or you're just a really big master of singing and you are now like, I can do this, this, and this, let's try this one out. Fun. But if you're struggling to match pitch, you're struggling to find your chest voice, your head voice, a good mix, a good blend through your transitions and your registers, don't go to whistle tone. Don't do that to yourself. You're just basically ignoring the stuff you need to work on and then going to something else to cover it up. Does that make sense? Anyway, that's my opinion. I would love to know other people's opinions on this because it is a hot topic and there's actually not a lot of research done on whistle tone. There is research being done right now and I haven't spent a lot of time looking into it, but I'd love to look in further for you guys and let you know um, later on in a different episode. But let me know in our discussion group or on my Instagram, whatever, 
um, what you think of Whistletone and if you think of it, if it's important, should we talk about it? But anyway, it's one of the higher registers and it's good to know at least what it is. And um, one way to start to kind of get it is to think like it's the sound of a whistle or um, puppy dog whimpers, you know, trying to work those kind of sounds. <laughs> anyway, and that puppy dog whimper, that also can go for flagellate. Again, different names for higher registers. But yeah, I digress. So now I'm just going to mention a few other people that use this falsetto register or head register, and then you can listen to the playlist that I've created or make your own playlist and keep adding to it. But some of the guys that use it, um, Prince is one, George Michael, Bobby McFerrin, um, I mentioned Adam Levine, Jason Mraz, Justin Timberlake, some females, that would be Kate Bush, Janet Jackson, Alison Krauss, Tori Amos, Grouper is one that I love, Birdie, Sarah McLaughlin, uh, Imogen Heap, Maggie Rogers sometimes, The Staves, I love The Staves, they're three sisters, and they harmonize so beautifully. Now these people, they're dominantly using a head-dominant mix, not, not all the time, not all the time, but I know that there are songs that they definitely do this in. Um, Joy Williams, who I love, Phoebe Bridgers, yeah, those are the females. Let me see some other male ones. I'm going to look at my playlist here. Um, Childish Gambino, Rogue Wave, Cat Stevens. Why is everything beeping at me? I'd love to know that. Iron and Wine, Bonavir. Yeah, so those are just some of them. But just like I mentioned in the chest voice episode, make sure that you're listening to it and then you're trying to make the sound if you don't have references to it, how are you truly going to make those sounds? And I know a lot of people say, well, I want to make sure I find my voice. Absolutely valid. So valid. I get that. You don't want to become an imitation. You don't want to become a stamp. I get that. But a little bit of imitation to start out is really going to make your life easier. Why make it harder for yourself? Because then if you're not listening to any music because you don't want it to... Uh, infiltrate your creative world, then you're only going to rely on your voice teacher. And I oftentimes find that when a student comes in, they don't always trust me entirely. (laughs) I want them to, but the, you know, there's all kinds of things that are going on in your brain, right? When you're learning. And a lot of times we get defensive. So if it's just me telling you, this is what chest voice sounds like, this is what your head voice sounds like. Sometimes there's a question mark that goes up in the air. Really? Because I have a brighter sound to my voice. You can probably hear it. And when I go to sing, it gets really bright sometimes. And so my chest mix might sound really heady to some people that are unexperienced. It's not, but because that brightness comes in and they're not, they don't understand resonance quite well yet. Um, it can tend to be quite a confusing time, but listen to a ton of people do it and then listen to what your voice teacher says and listen to what you're doing. And you're going to have the perfect recipe to create good sounds. And I just had deja vu right now. How weird is that? That has nothing to do with this topic, but I'm sharing it with you. Um, so homework for you is to just go ahead, follow this playlist. Um, and then Go ahead and make your own or make a playlist on YouTube, but listen carefully. Go and see a live performance of somebody. 
see if they're using head dominant mix or chest dominant mix and then decide how you want to make your own sounds. Does that make sense? I hope this is helping. And lastly, I just want to leave off with me making some head voice sounds. Um, unfortunately, due to like licensing rights, um, I can't just play examples. That's why I've made these playlists for you to go and refer back to. Um, but hopefully someday I'll figure out how to do this and we can play clips of music on the podcast. And then I can be like, hey, they're using twang in this little clip, 15 seconds of Adele on this part of the song, or here's rasp or here's this. Um, but until I figure out all of that, and if that's even possible and legal, I'm just going to use my voice for right now. So here's some ways I can use head voice. The most traditional way, I'm going to pull myself back here because it's going to elevate. So those are all very classical, right? Now, everything is very open throat. There's huge quotation fingers happening right now. Um, There's a lot of just very dark sounds. My larynx is down. And yes, of course, my CT or my cricothyroid, same thing. My CT muscle is just stretching a lot there. Now, if I'm singing something that's more folky or it's a very soft spoken song, my vocal folds are not really coming together that much. It's what we call decompression. So there's a lot of air leaking out of them. Even if you just put your hands in front of you, like your thumbs are towards your chest and your fingers are spread out, like you're doing a spell. Um, If you put your hands together and you push and your hands start to shake, that's compression. If you just lightly put them together like a dove clap, you can think of that as decompression. So, and even head voice, that's a more contemporary sound. I'm just making a little more compression there. So it's not as breathy. And yeah, you can hear it better. They're both fairly easy, but I hope that that helps. Try it out in your voice. I can also do it on lower sounds. I don't have a very low range, so you can hear how my voice is like fighting me on that one. Um, But yeah, lower notes tend to want to be chesty, but that doesn't mean they have to be and vice versa at the top. Also, all the sounds that I just made right there, they all are kind of mixy. It's really hard to distinguish between a true, pure chest voice and a true, pure head voice. I kind of believe, I'm in the mentality and the school of we're always mixing to a certain capacity. Because think about it, muscle coordination. There's always just like a little bit of thyroid arytenoid usage. A little bit. And just a little bit of the CT, the cricothyroid as well. Um, Yeah, so... You can hear there's a little bit of strength even in some of those. It's not full head voice, right? Hope this makes sense. All right, guys. I hope this helped. I hope you're doing well. I hope you're being kind to yourself when you're practicing stuff. Seriously, remember you are a human being that is flawed and it's okay. So if you're practicing these and it's not working out, 
and you can't afford voice lessons, that's okay. You know, you can go onto YouTube. My boss has these amazing videos. It's called Voice Lessons to the World. Um, He's always putting up, like, these really well-produced videos, and he's talking about them, giving vocal exercise examples. Um, You can get with a friend that takes voice lessons or somebody that's had voice lessons before and just ask them for some help. I feel like people are good, and they want to help each other. Um... And then, of course, you can talk to me or you can talk to any of the singers that are in the Facebook group, Happy Singer Discussion Group. Um, I think everybody that's there just wants to help. Um, And some of them are my students, and you can talk to them. Um, You can message me. Just know that we're all here for you, and it's a long process. Um, I'm going to do an episode soon. I keep saying it, but I will, about, about me and my journey. And I've been taking lessons since I was five years old. I've loved singing for so, so long. And even to this day, I'm still learning. I'm still trying to figure out my voice entirely. Um, Some of my struggles personally are head voice past a C6 and doing it quietly. Um, I get a lot of inflammation due to acid reflux. Um, And so it gets really difficult for me to go past that C6 really quietly. Um, And that is for agility and most of my songs that I sing are not up that high but it's important that we vocalize past the point that we would sing in a song so that everything becomes easier down beneath does that make sense so yeah so those are my struggles um and then of course um confidence issues always because I'm a human being and I know that you know I enjoy singing so much, but even in my most joyful moments, I still have those moments of fear um, of not being good enough or what's the point? Why am I doing this? You know, even though I know, but there's just, I think everybody has a little demon on one shoulder and an angel on the other. And we're always, you know, fighting. (laughs) That makes sense. And last but not least, I just want to leave you with a little quote Just to remind you that although we're talking about certain semantics in the voice world, we're also talking about how to improve your voice, blah, blah, blah. But in the end, it doesn't matter unless it's coming from a place of the heart and you are making artistic choices. That's the most important thing, right? That's why you want to be a singer. I hope. I hope it's not to just impress people, which is valid. I get it. But... I just feel like there's so much more to it, right? So I just want to leave you with a quote, and this is from Georgia O'Keeffe. And the quote is, Do you think I know what art is? Do you think I'd think anybody knew even if they said they did? Do you think I'd care what anybody thought? Now, if you ask me what we're trying to do, that's a different thing. Yeah, and what are we trying to do? What are we trying to do with our music? So if you choose to use head voice, make sure it's from a place of, yeah, this is going to help my lyrics be completely in the moment and truthful. Or this is going to set up the vibe so well. You know, if that doesn't work and it doesn't feel suffice, maybe you need to use some more chest voice in that. So go to the playlist, go ahead and listen to them and listen to their lyrics and see how they either contrast or work extremely well, and sometimes the contrast works well. Um, But see what works for those artists that are putting music out on all the platforms and see how you can use that as well. And again, you can find those playlists on iTunes and Spotify. It's called 
head-dominant voices, and chest-dominant voices. I have two playlists. and You can find that on Spotify, and you can find it on iTunes. All right, guys, happy singing, and I will see you next week. Bye. Bye.